When Jesus raised a girl from the dead, he told her parents not to tell others about it. Micah Klutnati says that's an extension of Jesus's compassion. And he says, it's not your obligation to go and share this news right now. Just simply stay here and marvel at the goodness of God. Stand in awe of what God has done for you. Just stay here and love and cherish your little girl who once was lost, but now is found. Isn't that beautiful? We are first worshipers before we are witnesses. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Gospel City Church in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Here with us today is Pastor Trent. As you look back over the last several months, were there ever times you were afraid of dying? If so, I've got news for you. You are normal. In fact, there would be something a little off if you experienced the constant barrage of news about the coronavirus that didn't at least have you thinking, am I going to get this? Or what if someone I love suffers or even dies from COVID-19? Aaron, today on Resonate, Micah Klutnani shares about a family in Jesus' day who faced the worst news possible. You know, normally Micah is the worship pastor here at Gospel City Church, but uh, I am thrilled today that he's going to be opening God's Word and sharing with us a timeless truth that has a very timely application for us in this season. Last week, we heard part one of this message, and Pastor Micah showed us from Luke chapter 8 that Christ is exalted over disaster as he calmed the storm, and Christ is exalted over the demons as well. So let's listen to part two. Here's Micah Klutnati. If you got your Bibles today, you can open them to Luke chapter eight, verses 22 through 56. As you're turning there, I heard this story the other day. Uh, so this couple had their pastor and uh, his wife over for dinner. They sat down to dinner, they had a great time, and they had dessert afterwards, they had ice cream together, and they had good conversation. As the wife was cleaning up, she noticed that she was missing a spoon at the table, specifically the one that the pastor was using, okay? And, uh, and they, they left, and she went and scoured the dining room for the spoon, couldn't find it, and she went to her husband and was like, honey, I think the pastor might have taken one of our spoons. Like, you don't think he would have done that, do you? Well, she, she kind of moved on, let it go. Uh, but it was always in the back of her mind. About a year later, she had uh, the pastor and his wife back over for dinner. And unable to let it go, she said, hey, pastor, by chance, last time you were here, I know it was like a year ago, did you happen to take one of our spoons with you? He said, no, but I did put the spoon in your Bible. Ouch. Ouch. I know none of you have left your Bible untouched for that long. And so hopefully you have them with you today. And uh, you can open to Luke chapter 8. We're in verses 22 through 56. Uh, it's really one big story uh, cut into four episodes of Jesus's ministry. But the main idea that the gospel of Luke is confronting us with today is this. Christ is exalted over disaster, demons, disease, and death. Okay, so lots of stuff going on here. The, the coolest thing, I think, is the last thing we saw the disciples doing in the boat is saying, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. 
And then Jesus gets to his destination, step out on the land, and this demon-possessed man carrying thousands of demons in his body, okay? And the first thing that the demons and this demon-possessed man do is they fall down before Jesus and they say, what are you gonna do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Don't torment me. Who do the demons say that Jesus is? The demons know exactly who Jesus is. I think that's an awesome picture for us. The spiritual realm knows that Jesus is God. That's awesome. Jesus steps foot on this land, impacts one man's life, and Jesus is like, that's all I need to do. I'll get on my boat and gladly go back. And the message of Jesus began to spread through that entire Gentile region. That should be an inspiration for us today. If the Lord has changed your life, go and share all that he has done for you. Like, let's have some boldness in our life like this man did. He wanted to be with Jesus, but happy to go and spread what Christ had done for him that day. But look at everybody else. They're afraid and they don't want to celebrate. They don't want to deal with Jesus. They don't want to recognize the power of Jesus in that moment. They ask him to leave their place. You will either protect your own demons by running Jesus out of your space, or you'll sit at the feet of him who slays them all. Man, temptation is going to come. Demons are going to tempt Man, I, I, I want to follow Christ, but I don't want to, that's asking too much. I don't want to let go of that. I, I, I want to be a Christ follower. I want to be like Jesus, but man, that's just asking too much. Demons are always going to tempt, and either you will push Jesus out of your space like these people did that day, or you'll remember your great need for him when the darkness is trying to enter. Point number three this morning is this. I may experience unimaginable pain, but Christ is exalted over disease and even death. I may experience unimaginable pain, but Christ is exalted over disease and even death. Let's read in verse 40. Now, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him for they were all waiting for him. So Jesus is back with the Jews. He's a rock star there. They were ready for him. So he gets off the boat. They're all wanting to talk to him. And there came a man named Jairus who was a ruler of the synagogue and falling at Jesus's feet, he implored him to come to his house for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age and she was dying. Okay, so here's this man, Jairus, keeper of the synagogue, a faithful man, knew the Old Testament, knew of the prophecy of the Messiah, believed that Jesus is God, and he does what the demon-possessed man does. When you know who God is, you fall at his feet. And so this Jairus comes, and he runs, he falls at Jesus' feet. He says, you gotta come to my house, Jesus. My daughter, my 12-year-old daughter, Jesus probably knew who she was. Uh, she's, on, she's sick, she's very sick, she's dying, you gotta come to my house. What faith Jairus had, right? And so Jesus starts going, look in verse 42. Uh, As Jesus went, the people pressed around him. So Jesus is trying to get from our lobby to the kids' wing like you do every week. Just tons of people crowding you, right? And they all wanted to talk to him. They all wanted him to hear their story. In verse 43, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent 
all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, who was it that touched me? And when all denied it, Peter said, master, the crowd surround you and are pressing in on you. Peter's like, anyone could have touched you. There's like a thousand people around you right now. What do you mean who touched you? And Jesus says, no, someone touched me for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. There it is again, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And Jesus said to her daughter, first time Jesus ever uses the word daughter to describe a woman as she went from death to life into his kingdom. He says, daughter, your faith has made you well. She wasn't just healed physically, she was healed spiritually. Go in peace. So here's this woman that enters into this story in unthinkable emotional pain. The majority of the people in that crowd that day could not relate to what this woman had been going through. 12 years of her life, unable to find relief from her symptoms. Hopeless from doctor after doctor, bill after bill, no answers, no results. In that day, her condition deemed her ceremonially unclean. She couldn't touch people. She couldn't be in a crowd of people like the one she was in that day. She couldn't go to the temple. Her sickness cut her off from society, from fun, from relationship. And in a sense, in her Jewish culture, her sickness even cut her off from God. Now, some of you here today can relate to this woman. Some of you are managing pain even right now that no one actually knows about. You've seen doctor after doctor. You spent too much money. You've missed out on too many things. Perhaps it's not the severity of what ails you this morning, but it's just the duration. This woman carried this for 12 years. Maybe you've carried something unrelatable for even longer than that. And at any other point in history, this woman may have carried her condition to her death. But that year, that day, at that time, Jesus had to be passing through. And this woman just knew, if I could just get to Jesus, if I could just touch him, even touch his clothing, I could find relief from this pain. What faith? And I think Jesus knew that her faith and that his power would encourage us in our diseases, in our pain, in our sicknesses today as we recognize that he does have power over it all. One benefit that we have today that this woman didn't is that we have access to Jesus, our high priest, anytime anywhere. While she was cut off from the temple, Jesus can meet us in our pain wherever we are today. We may not find physical relief this side of heaven. Absolutely, we believe for it. Absolutely, we pray for it. 
Man, I have enough faith in my God to believe that he could pour out just a little bit of his grace on us today. And we would all walk out of here healed from our sickness, healed from our pain, healed from our cancer, healed from the things that we face. I know that God can do that. And yet in these days that we wait upon the Lord, we also know that he is sufficient in our day of trouble, in our weakness, he is made strong and that we can experience the presence of Jesus as a son or daughter of God in our pain, from our bed, as we cry and the Lord will never leave us or forsake us. You will either isolate yourself in your pain or you'll run to Jesus no matter what the cost. This woman could have stayed locked up in her house I can't go out. I can't be among the people. I'm too depressed to get outside. I've been going through this. It's too heavy. And yet that day, she got up enough strength to run through that crowd and get to Jesus. You can either isolate yourself in your pain or run to Jesus, run to his word, Find his comfort in worship and in prayer and in his word and in his grace. Let's keep reading in the story. Verse 49. While Jesus was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher anymore. Imagine Jairus, right? He went to Jesus. He said, hurry, come to my house. My 12-year-old daughter's sick and dying. And then Jesus stops and helps this woman. Here's this woman's story. That just shows the compassion of Jesus. I love that. Like Jesus is interruptible this morning. You can call upon Jesus. He's interruptible. He's inexhaustible in his compassion towards every situation here today. You can't ask too much of him. He will take his time with you. Just call upon his great name. But here's Jairus. Like, if I'm Jairus, I'm pacing. I'm like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Jesus, we're bros. I came to you first. Like, my daughter's sick. Come on, you gotta hurry up. I'm getting, like, I'm losing my patience a little bit, probably. Maybe, hopefully, Jairus had a little more patience than I would have. Uh, But Jesus, he's not flustered at all. Takes his time with this woman, And then here comes Jairus' worker. He says, your daughter died. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Obviously, he didn't believe that Jesus had power over death in that moment. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her. But he said, do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And it says, and they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. So let me give you the picture of what's happening here. Jesus, his disciples, and Jairus, they come up on the house. And Jesus is like, hey, just you few come with me. Jairus, bring your wife. Let's go in the house. They enter the house. It says, all were weeping and mourning. In the Jewish culture, when somebody died, the funeral procession started right away. Okay, so this house is already full of people who were probably praying and serving and just being there with the family. And then this little girl dies. 
and the funeral procession was starting. And there's like mourning and tearing of clothes. And they have flute players there in the Jewish culture during this time. And, and they bring up the past hurt of all the family lineage that had passed away. And so it's just quite the deal. And it's probably pretty chaotic. And it's probably pretty sad. And it's probably pretty emotional. And then in steps Jesus. And he says, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. Oh, imagine. You're like, who are you to come into this funeral and say that about our little girl, my little niece, the girl who's dead in that room that we've been praying for, that we've been hoping for, that we've been praying would be okay. So you catch that? They laugh at him. And Jesus is like, come on, let's go in the room. But taking her by the hand, so Jesus goes in, takes this little girl by the hand, and he says, child, arise. And her spirit returned and she got up at once and he directed that something should be given her to eat. And again, in the book of Luke, Jesus demonstrates his great power over even death. But I love the compassion of Jesus that's littered all through this. He showed it with the woman who stopped him heard her story, sent her away in peace. But even here, Jesus isn't shocked that this girl rose again from the dead. Like if you're Jairus and the wife, you're like freaking out right now, just crying. And the disciples are probably like, yeah, I know that guy, <laughs> right? Like you're just pumped about it. Jesus wasn't shocked that this girl came back to life. It didn't surprise Jesus that this girl rose from the dead. Jesus just cares for this little girl's well-being. After she laid lifeless, she comes back from the dead. Her spirit returns for her. Jesus just locks in on her. Give her something to eat. She needs to be nourished. So compassionate for every need. And it says that her parents were amazed, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. So that's interesting. You have this story of the disciples getting rescued from their disaster. And obviously they were telling people and Jesus casts out these demons and the man wants to be with Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, go tell everybody what I did for you. And then you have this woman who stops Jesus and Jesus heals her. And Jesus gives her an opportunity to share her story in that crowd of people, why she touched him. And now he tells Jairus and his wife, hey, don't, don't go tell anybody what just happened. Some people have said, maybe Jesus just didn't need more hype. Maybe Jesus just didn't need more skeptics. Like he was having a hard enough time getting around. So don't tell that I can raise people from the dead because then everybody will be coming back. Remember, there's a whole crowd of people that knew this girl was dead and now she's alive. That news was gonna spread no matter what. I think that this is just another display of Christ's compassion, inexhaustible in his compassion. He can show it on the fly to anyone who calls upon him. And so here in this moment, he's having compassion on this little girl, and then he extends his compassion toward Jairus and his wife, and he says, it's not your obligation to go and share this news right now. Just simply stay here and marvel at the goodness of God. Stand in awe of what God has done for you. Just stay here and love and cherish your little girl who once was lost, but now is found. 
Isn't that beautiful? We are first worshipers before we are witnesses. And oh, how important it is to sit and savor the goodness and the grace of our God. And now listen, it can be easy to read all of these stories and see all of these miraculous things and think about our own circumstances. And even in hearing that Jesus is exalted over these things, it can be easy to still say, but why me? It can be easy to say, man, it's easy for them. Like they got relief. They got what they wanted. They got to run to Jesus and find healing. I've struggled with those questions myself, even this week. Maybe you struggle today in the middle of your own disaster, demons, disease, and death, and think, man, it's easy for Jesus to say, follow me. He is God, and he's perfect. Hear this this morning. Jesus loved you so much that he not only demonstrated his power over each and every one of these things, but he took them on and faced each one head on for us. Jesus suffered his own disaster when out of nowhere he was arrested and mocked and beaten and spit upon and nailed to a cross. Jesus faced beyond a legion of demons as they jeered and mocked and celebrated as he struggled to breathe on the cross that day. Jesus faced unthinkable pain as his innocent blood was shed for the disease of sin that separates all of mankind from God. And his father poured out his wrath upon his shoulders and Jesus died a death he never deserved so that we could live an eternal life that we could never, ever earn. You'll either laugh at Jesus's claim to be God like the people did in that house that day. Or you'll bow to the one who laid death in its grave. Jesus is all he needs to be for me. Jesus is all he needs to be in order to fulfill God's plan in redeeming people and one day coming to redeem this planet for good. We're not gonna sing to close today but man, I believe firmly in the power of prayer. It's a pillar in our church. Uh, I know that some of you are carrying seriously hard things. God has brought stories up this week even of people who are just in unrelatable, unthinkable pain that you probably don't know about. People have lost loved ones. People are in the midst of their own storms and it just feels like everything's crashing down around them. People are gripped by the powers of darkness and it's just a struggle. But you know, you've either sailed out of a storm, you're either sailing into a storm or you're in one. Micah Clutinati will be right back to close our program in prayer. He gave that message last year before any of us had ever heard of COVID-19, but it's so appropriate for today, isn't it? Micah's message is actually the fifth in a series from Gospel City Church titled, Who Do You Say I Am? In it, Trent Griffith, Stephen Love, and Micah Clutinati walk us verse by verse through three chapters of the Gospel of Luke. 
If you'd like to review any of those messages, you can do so at mygospelcity.org slash resonate. Well, Pastor Trent, I know something on a lot of people's minds is this. When can we go back to church? No kidding. That question is on my mind as well. Nobody wants to go back to church more than the pastors of those churches, and yet it's kind of complicated. We certainly want to be gracious hosts. We want to provide a safe environment for our members and visitors. At Gospel City Church, we're a large church in a very unique season. Uh, Not only are we wanting to follow recommended guidelines, but we're in a season where we are about to open a brand new 1,100-seat worship center here on Hickory Road in Granger. And uh, we are almost ready to occupy that building, but in this season where we're having to wait because of guidelines, it's also given us an opportunity to accelerate the construction of that project. And so, We hope very soon to open those doors and open the invitation to our community to come and worship with us physically in the presence of not only the Lord, but in the presence of one another. Until that time, you can visit Gospel City Church virtually online. We hope to be able to open up as soon as possible. But until then, join us uh, virtually online at mygospelcity.org slash live. That's mygospelcity.org slash live. And there's more great content on our Facebook page. You can find it by searching for Gospel City Church. And next week, Stephen Love will be right here on Resonate, reminding us that like the lion in Narnia, Jesus isn't safe, but he's good. I hope you'll be able to catch that episode of Resonate. Thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus. Our host is Trent Griffith. And our prayer is that God's word would resonate in your heart this week. Now, here's Micah Clutinati to close our time in prayer. Lord God, I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room. And God, we just call upon your mighty name today. Lord, we believe that you are the healer. We believe that you are good. We believe that you have the power to take away our sickness, to take away our pain, to take away our disasters, to take away our cancer. God, we believe that you are exalted over all things. And yet God, today we also ask that you would stretch our faith Lord, that you would give us the eyes and the faith to know that you have power over the things that we face in this world. God, would you help us to take heart this morning because you have overcome these things that we carry. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters who have stood this today. God, I pray that they would know your great love for them. God, I pray that they would know deeply that you care about their situation, that you are intimately and intricately involved in the things that they are asking you. God, that you are very near and you are very close to the struggles that they are facing. God, I pray that you would just make your still small voice known to them on the hardest days and the hardest moments when they feel like all hope is lost, all hope is gone. God, I pray that you would show yourself faithful in their midst. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your example in dying for us. And God, we thank you that you will come again. 
Oh, how we long for you to come again, oh God. When we will be free of the hardships of this world and we will bask in your presence and we will fall at your feet forever and glorify you, O God. Peace on the earth, Jesus. Fill us up today that we might serve you this week. In your matchless name we pray, amen. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a ministry of Gospel City Church. Stream our service at mygospelcity.org slash live.